everybody. Uh, I trust that you are happy to be here. Uh, I, I certainly am happy that you are here. Um, it is wonderful to, to be with God's people, to be with you, brothers and sisters, people um, who, ha- who share the same spirit that I have, same, who share the same spirit that God is. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if that's really gotten you yet, but that really blesses me regularly, every day, maybe multiple times a day, when I think about how good and amazing God is and how he has dealt with things in this world and has made them um, capable of being turned around or made right. And he does that through you. He also does that through something called love. I want to say, as, as sort of as an introduction, that many of us, when we talk about love, we generally are not talking about the love of God. We're just talking about something that we learned love. You know, I have an emotional feeling or an attachment, and I call that love. But I think God's love is much greater and higher. Uh, and I remember uh, uh, a few weeks back, when I started to delve into the love of God a, a bit deeper because I felt like I had one day I failed at loving at all times. You see, you can say, oh, I love you, but when you do that, it's just messed the whole thing up. You know, I love you, but no, I love you, period. And love does its neighbor no harm. Uh, love is not rude. Uh, love is not arrogant. You know, love is not like, provoked. You don't just, oh, I'm mad at you. So no, you need love. You need greater love. You need the love of God. And I want to speak to the people of God. I told you a story a while back, maybe a week or two or three ago, and maybe I told you three times uh, in the last three weeks. But uh, the story of my, our father who was uh, always teaching, dad was always teaching us. Uh, he had seven boys. And if you have seven boys, you know you're going to have some scuffs. I don't know about you guys. You, if you say, well, we, I had three and had it, or two and had it. But, yeah, we boys would get into it uh, from time to time with one another. And Dad would come to discipline, and he would always pick on one of us. seemed like he picked on me a lot. And, uh, and, and, I, and I, would, I would say something back to Dad, like, not arrogantly like, but why, Dad? Why would you do that? You know, I'm the innocent party here. And Dad would say, well, son, I thought I was talking with the one who had the most sense. And so similarly, similarly, God is doing that when he speaks about love. God is speaking this love message to those who ought to have the most sense. God is speaking this love to people who say they are of God, they are born of God. And so if you and I do not show love, if we do, do not exemplify love, then God help us all. And so the, today's message is about uh, love your neighbor. We've been talking about the love of God, and we see that in the love of God is the love for a neighbor and the love of a neighbor. Uh, we we uh, hear that, uh, remember the old song, what the, love, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. That guy didn't know what he's talking about. What, what the world needs now is the full display of the love of God. And, the, and the, the, they, yes, thank you. 
They need this love that belongs to God, that is of God. And the only place that this love is deposited is in the people of God. It's deposited in the church. This is the love of God. So if I'm not seeing the love of God, you know, we got a problem. Uh, Sister Baltazar was talking to me early in the week, and she made a comment about the messages and how they were challenging her, and they were very challenging. And she said that, that the Word of God sometimes, when it comes to you, it will either anger you or humble you. And I thought that was really good because some t- I've been in that place where I took issue with the Word of God. I, you know, actually, I took issue with the speaker, but in, in reality, I was taking issue with God. You know, I remember a number of years ago, I was telling the Lord about a situation in my life, and I said something to the effect, I love, but, uh, you know, he said, no, you have a problem with me. You You do not have a problem with that person. You have a problem with me because I told you to love that person regardless, and you're not loving that person. He said, you have a problem with what I told you. That's, that's, this is to the church, by the way. I'm preaching to the church. Uh, let, me, let me look at, just mess you up there in the booth. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. Uh, we'll look at verse 37 before we go to the next uh, book of the Bible. In Matthew chapter 22, uh, beginning at verse 37, Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love, you shall agapao. It's, a, it's a, the love of God, not just human love, not uh, love between a man and a woman that's based on some uh, particular vibes. It's not that. It's not even brotherly love. This is the love of God, the love that God is. He says, you shall love, you shall agapao. You shall bring something from the, uh, heaven down here is what he's saying. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You may say, well, if I'm going to love God with all my heart, how can I do that if that's that's not human love? Well, what God does, God does something to the repentant sinner, and then the repentant sinner in in turn gives that back to God. He says God gives a command. God's not going to give you a command without the resource. God gives you a command, and he gives you the resource. The resource is Jesus Christ. He says, and you shall love the Lord your your God, with all your heart, with all of your heart, innermost being, with all your soul, your mind, your thinking, and your mind. And he says, this is the first and great commandment. What? To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with everything you've got. That's what he's saying. You love God with everything you've got. Mark tells us, and with your strength. Mark, Mark, Mark's gospel, when he heard Jesus, he heard Jesus say, and with your strength. You love God with heart soul, mind, and strength. Now, we have to ask ourselves, and Malachi asks, will a man rob God? You have to ask yourself, have you been robbing God of the love that is due him, the love that he gave you, and you're not giving it back to him? Well, are you robbing God? We think it's only in dollars and cents, but it's also in love. Are you robbing God? We're the place where the, the love is. We are the treasure chest of God. Yes, we, we are the bank depository. Yeah or the repository. We are that. Then he says, this is the first and great commandment. Wow. So that means if you can't get this one right, you can't get the next one right. If you don't love God with everything, you're not going to love your neighbor with everything. Let's see what he says about the neighbor. 
And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This, it's just like the first one. The first one says, love God with everything you've got. He says, you've got to love your neighbor with everything you've got. Amen. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What he says is everything else in the Bible, everything else in the Bible depends on these two commandments. Wow. But don't feel so challenged this morning. Don't feel so challenged because, because God has equipped you with the love. It's up to you whether you're going to let it flow. Yes, you are a repository of love, but now are you a dispenser of love? Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? We are commanded to love, and when we fulfill this commandment, we can, uh, to love God, we have this commandment to love God, and when we have fulfilled this first commandment, then we can be trusted to do the second one. So if you are not loving God with everything, you will not love your neighbor with everything. If you're not loving God the way you're supposed to, you will not love your neighbor the way you're supposed to. If you're not loving your neighbor the way you're supposed to, that means you are not loving God. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what I say. I remember a number of years ago, I was telling the Lord I had a problem with this particular guy, and I was telling the Lord I was a young, newly saved guy, and I, person, and I said, Lord, I love him. He said, no, you don't. I mean, I remember the Holy Spirit saying, I remember where I was. He corrected me. I didn't love that guy. I was trying to love that guy. <laughs> I didn't love him. And so, so God, God this morning is arresting somebody. He's arresting us. He's telling us that our, our problem is that we don't love with the God kind of love. Now, we are commanded to love. The quality of your life, the quality of your living godly, depends on how you do you deal with these two commandments. Amen. The quality of your spiritual life depends on that. You can say whatever you want to. Remember the old story about Samson? The old story. The story about Samson? <laughs> you know, I come from East Texas. We'd make those mistakes. Everything is old, old, you know. That old boy over there, that old guy over there, that old gal over there, that old... You know, but the story about Samson is that Samson was the mighty man of God. You know the story, the mighty man of God, powerful man of God. And uh, as long as he was doing what God commanded him to do. And, and one day he, he broke the vow by telling Delilah what, uh, what the source of his strength. And she came, had him there asleep. And the Philistines came in quickly, cut his hair off. And then he starts to shake like he did before, but he had no power. I offer to you today, not, not, not in sarcasm, not in cynicism, but I offer you today that the church, the visible church, is like Samson shaking with no power. I offer that to you because we, we have not carried out God's command to love. You may say, I have. Have you really? You're up for a challenge this week, I'm sure. Don't boast against the Word of God, all right? <laughs> everything else, everything that you and I do flows out of these two commandments. It flows out of our, our love for God or our lack of, of love for God. Everything I do flows out of my love for my neighbor or my lack of love for my neighbor. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19, verses 32 through 35. Uh, this is talking about loving your neighbor. Now, this comes from, uh, I tell you, one of my uh, 
I tell you sometimes of my, my problems, you know, I tell you so that you won't think more highly of me, not that you were inclined to do that, but, but <laughs> that you won't think of me more highly than you ought to. I, I sometimes, I fail, but when I fail, I say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry, help me. And I was praying to the Lord about four or five, I don't know, six weeks ago, whenever I started this, I said, Lord God, I'm asking you to help me. I've asked you a long time to help me in this situation. I am not uh, satisfied with my progress. You, ha you have to help me. Help me not, uh, so that no matter what someone who is upset with me or, or an enemy does to me, help me to always have the right response, the godly response. doesn't matter how hard and fast they come at me. It doesn't matter how wrong they are. I want to have your response. I was praying this, and the Lord began to talk to me about love and show me the depths of love. It was amazing. It was amazing that God is not this God who has love. He's the God of love. And so God, the God of love, has looked down on us and our mess, and he has saved us, rescued us through mercy and grace, and now he is preparing us to go to go to him, a God of love. We're going to live eternally with the God of love or the God who is love. That's where we're going to live. You have never, ever, in your best day on this earth, you have never, ever understood or had the sense of completeness or fullness. No, it was a, several weeks ago also that the Lord gave me a glimpse, and I, I don't know why he just gave me a glimpse. And I, you know, does God do that to you? Sometimes he'll just give you a glimpse of something. I don't know what that's about. But I, it was so good, maybe I couldn't have taken the whole picture. But he showed me what heaven was like. And I had a quick glimpse of that. And, and, and in this vision of sort, I, I had this quick vision of a, lot, a great, good number of people being in heaven, and they loved it with a fullness that they had never known here. They, they had joy that was so complete, it was nothing on the earth that can describe it. The peace was matchless, and I wanted more of that. Maybe if I had gotten more of that, I would have just gone away. And you all would have said, what happened to him Leviticus 19.32, you shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God, I am the Lord. Now, that almost looks like a, an insignificant scripture, but this scripture, when I was doing my study, I came upon this scripture, and, and it shows me how I was reared, how I was brought up. When I was brought, brought up, you couldn't go to somebody with gray hair, and I got lots of gray hair, you just don't see it. I've got lots of gray hair. You didn't just go to a, a gray-headed man. Look around the, 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 the don't look at, look at the men. Look around the, the audience at these men with gray hair. The Bible says that you shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man. Now, but, but the, the church has been so co-opted. Please, please hear me. Hear my heart. The church has been so co-opted that we don't do this. Even our children, you know, uh, we, we, our children... We don't correct them. They'll go before an old person with, with gray hair, and, and they'll just call them by the first name. Hello, Jim. Hello, John, or whatever the first name is. Boy, if I had done that when I was a kid, I wouldn't have any teeth. I would have dentures right now <laughs> or implants. 
because all of my teeth would have been gone. And you would have said, that's child abuse. No, that was elderly abuse. <laughs> yeah, you don't go before, you, you honor the gray-headed. He says, and fear, uh, and fear your God. What he says is respect is, is, is born out of fear, out of fear of God, reverence for God, respect for God. I am the Lord. Respect those who are elderly. But we have allowed our children not to respect the elderly. Well, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. I'm getting to someplace. I'm saying that the, we are not to adopt the world's ways. The world needs to, be, uh, needs to adopt our ways. But many of us in the church, we've adopted the world's ways without knowing. We call it good sense and logic. We call it sometimes a no-brainer. It's what everybody's doing. Everybody's going in this direction. We go to it. We go, where are we going? But that's not for the church. Hallelujah, somebody in this house. Verse 33 says, and God has not finished talking to us. I told you, he says, the, the, greatest commandment, the greatest commandment of the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then the second greatest commandment, the second to that one is you've got to love your neighbor as you, you love yourself. In verse 33, it says, and if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. Now, he's talking, we're talking to Christians. Remember my story about my dad? He would come to the two brothers who were having a, a, a disagreement, scuffle. He was having a disagreement, and he stopped and said, now, you stop that. I'm innocent. Well, you may say, well, I'm innocent, God, but no, you and I, he's talking to you and, you and, you and me. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. The world can't hear this. You've got to be born again to, to see the kingdom. You've got to be born again to enter the kingdom. The world can't handle this. But shall it be said to us, the people of God, as old Jack Nicholson said, you, the truth, you can't handle the truth. No, I can handle the truth, Mr. Jack, and I can handle the truth of God here because I'm born again of God. I can handle the truth. No, God's, come on, bring it on. He says, if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. Now, when I read this, I wasn't thinking about politics. I was talking about just preaching, dealing with myself. But I'm seeing here, this fits all, almost every nation in the world. Man, that was muted, I think. One, one, of the one of my staff said, no, Pastor, we're talking about it. You're not hearing. I said, don't say that. My wife thinks I need some, some help in the hearing department. <laughs> she keeps trying to get me. I will not do that. And if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. Now, what about that don't we understand? The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you and you shall love him as yourself. And listen to what he says. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. It's like God saying, you were strangers in Egypt, and I know what, what happened to you. I'm your Lord. I'm your God. And I know what happened to you. I know how bad you were mistreated. And now you come over here, you're doing well, and you're going to mistreat the strangers? I'm talking about the love of God here. If the love of God is not going to be exemplified in the church, where will it be exemplified? 
If the love of God can't be dispensed from the church, where is the dispenser? Hallelujah, somebody. I am the Lord your God. Now, let me tell you about this love thing. This love thing is big. It's deep. This thing is so deep, I feel like we have, we have barely scratched the surface, if at all scratched the surface. Because when we love like God loves, when we love like Jesus loved us, we will change the world. We'll certainly change our sphere when we love like Jesus. But our love so often, which is not God's love then, it has a stopping point. Never shall forget the old preacher who's probably about 60 years old at the time. <laughs> he hollered out one day preaching. He says, how much is enough? How much does Jesus love? He stretched out his arms and died. So you have not given until you have given all. Love does no harm. The psalmist tells us that God's love is steadfast and his mercy is abundant. What the psalmist tells us is that God's love is not uncertain. It's not fickle. It's not whimsical. It's not maybe, maybe not, maybe so, maybe yay, maybe no. That's not God's love. It's steadfast. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your love must be as well. His mercy is abundant. Jeremiah then picks it up and says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. You have received love that never ceases, but you do. I'm not angry with you. You know that. I'm saying we have to change. That's all I'm saying is we have to change. We want change, but we won't change. You see, the world can't change itself. You want change? You can't make up how to comport yourself when, because you woke up and you, there was a news flash and you decided you're going to do something that's extra biblical. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. We don't get our news. We get our news from, from the Word of God, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's where we get our news. I'm not saying that you don't listen to what's going on daily. Yeah, listen to what's going on daily. But when you want to know how you should respond to that, not react to that, you want to know how you respond to that, you go to your Bible. I find believers all the time, come on, that they were responding to something of the world. They're not responding to the Word of God. They're not responding to the Spirit of God. They're responding to where their heart is. Because, and their heart is where their treasure is. I think sometimes we have too many investments in this world system. We have too much to gain from it. Let me, let me move on. Love does its neighbor no harm. Love does no harm. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. When you love the way God loves, you always have mercy. Amen. Have you ever seen, uh, I'm, okay, I'm not picking on the ladies, but have you seen moms, uh, moms who just can't give up on the child and the dad is saying, we need to let that boy go. And maybe the day it's a girl too. 
but uh, we, we need to do that to such and such that boy. We need to do this to that boy. And the mom's going, no, no, no. You know, mom's going, no, no. Yeah, yeah, never ceases. Never ceases. Now, I'm not saying that love is always just giving in, but sometimes love is a good spot on the backside. But, but love never ceases. God's love never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. They do not come to an end. That's God's love. Can we love like that? Let's look at Romans chapter 13. Romans 13, verses 8 through 10. Talks further about the love of God. I, I want us to really get this thing down right. When God told Israel, he said, while well, you're finding Romans 13, verse 8, when God told Israel, you were, you were, stra- you, you were strangers in, in Egypt. You were maltreated in Egypt. You know, I, I probably didn't talk enough about that just a, a, a minute ago. L- let me just say to you, I know what it's like to be treated bad. Don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm not fine because of it. I'm fine in spite of it. I'm fine because Jesus has done something in my heart. I know what it's like to be mistreated. I'm, I, I, when I was growing up, I didn't want this testimony. I tried to run away from this testimony. I wanted everything to be wonderful all the time. But I'm glad I've suffered. I am glad I know what it's like to be mistreated because I don't want anybody to be mistreated. I don't want anyone. I don't even want my enemy. You know, I had a good time, I guess, a few uh, weeks ago because God gave me another a picture. I, was, I don't remember what I was doing, but he gave me a picture. It was like a vision, and I had this picture of somebody that I didn't like too much. It wasn't a particular person. It was just like a, a, an object lesson that God was showing me. And he gave, and he, it was a somebody that I thought, this person is wrong on this point, they're wrong on this point, they're wrong on, there was a faceless person. And then there was me and people who thought like me, and he said, I love that person as much as I love you. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, he said, I love the person who opposes you. I love the person who is even wrong in their stance. I love them like I love you in your right stance. God told me that. I mean, I mean my, my life with God is dynamic. Is yours dynamic? I mean, does God sprink you every now and then or pull your ear or something? If he's not, I don't know if you're saved. Or you could be saved, but you're ready for heaven any moment. Yeah, he's always dealing with me about this. I'm just saying to you that if you really want the world to be changed, you have to, you have to love. You have to do a better job of loving. I'm going to take about two more minutes or maybe three. Romans 13, verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. He's not talking about us fulfilling the law, but we're going to fulfill all that God requires. We're not talking about the Mosaic law, but we're going to fulfill all that God requires. Now, to the Jews, if they could have loved properly, they could have filled the law, fulfilled the law. But Jesus said to them, none of you keeps the law. 
You ever said, none of you keeps the law. All these rules and regulations, not one of you keeps it. But he's saying to us, you and I can fulfill all that God has, all that God wants if we love. If we love the God kind of way. Listen to what Jesus says. I mean, Paul, through Paul. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. What he is saying is, you can't do these things if you're loving. You next, well, I just loved her. I just loved him. No. That was the antithesis of love. Because biblical love says, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely. What he's saying, he says, this is, all of the commandments are, are summed up here. You know, remember, two plus two equals four, remember? Four plus four equals eight, and I'm going to stop there. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not going to get it into 335 plus, you know, no. He says, they're all summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbors yourself. He says, if you want to keep all the commandments that God requires for a harmonious relationship in the world, you have to love. I, I said to the first service that God makes sure that you have a bad neighbor. You will always have a bad neighbor. I could tell you stories about bad neighbors. And I said to, in the first service, if you don't have a bad neighbor, it is true. <laughs> it, it is you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you go on a job, there's a bad neighbor there. You, you, you leave that job, you go to another, there's a bad neighbor. It's bad because God wants you to love that person to health. And I can tell you many, many testimonies of how God used me to love people to health. I didn't want to. He sort of did it in spite of me. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Wow. I wish I had more time. This is what I want you to know is that we have to love. Now, if I were to give you $200 and say, go have a lunch on me, if I were to do that, and I saw you later and you were still hungry, it wouldn't be my fault. It would be your fault because you didn't use what I gave you. Amen. When Jesus comes back and he wants to know why that person, that neighbor wasn't saved and why that neighbor wasn't saved and why that neighbor was so mistreated and why we didn't care about mistreating neighbors because it didn't affect us, our four no more. So we didn't care what happened to them. It jerked my heart. It jerks my heart when I see people mistreated. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter what they look like. Amen. Doesn't matter where they came from. Amen. You're not going to mistreat them in my presence. But we got people in the church says, if you take sides, you're wrong. I always going to take the side of love. I am going to do it. Hey. I'm going to do it. It breaks my heart to see Christians fighting against love. 
it breaks God's heart more than mine. I offer you, let's do it God's way. I'm going to come right back in just a moment. I want you to think about what I preached about. I'm going to come back in a moment, and we're going to uh, close things out when I get back. So much, Sister Jennifer, for that amazing song. Thank you so much. Before we do our blessing, let me say a couple of things. I believe the gauntlet has been thrown down to the church. I believe it's thrown down by the mighty hand of God. Will you love like I love, like I've loved you? Would you pass that on to others? Will you look out only for your interest or will you look out for the interest of others? I can stand before God and say, God, with all of my ability, with all of my might, I've tried to look out for everybody's interest, not just my own. And sometimes I've let mine slide while I was looking for, out for others. It's like the guy who shines shoes. You look down at his, you ask, what happened? Sometimes I'm like that. I'm not saying you should be like that. I'm saying sometimes I'm like that. This is what I'm asking of you. I'm asking that you will love people. That you will find yourself always loving, always caring. That, God loves that. Some people will say, you're an idiot. That's the world. That's the spirit of the world. That's the devil. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Listen to the Word of God and do what the Word of God says. You'll, then you'll find yourself one day in heaven with people just like you. God, who is just like you, who is your father, and you're his offspring. That's what I want, and that's what God is offering you today. He is 
giving us a time to reset. He is giving us also a time of revealing, exposing. We're seeing things exposed and we're seeing people being revealed in a way that I've not seen in my 73 years of life. Make up your mind. Be the people of God. For those in our audience today, if you have not given your heart to Jesus, the Bible tells you that that's an easy thing to do. It says that you are to confess the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart and confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and you will be safe. And you will be safe. So this is what God is offering you today. So I ask you today, those of you who are here, I want you to do that. Give your heart, give your life to Jesus Christ. Give him everything he asks for. Tell him to forgive you of your sins. You're in our audience today. If there's anybody here today, raise your hand. You say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Anyone in the sanctuary, you may raise your hand and, and say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Well, in our audience, you, give your heart to Jesus and write it wherever you're watching us. Write a little note, I gave my heart to Jesus and uh, call the church and we'll lead you further. Amen. It's been wonderful being with you.